Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bub and the Bloom, episode 102. Continuing our positional previews for the 2024 fantasy baseball season, heading to the outfield. This will be outfield part one, going through ADP one through 30 um, for this episode, and we'll go deeper next episode. But before we get to all that, you can find me on Twitter at BDNTrick, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod, and my co host, as always, on Twitter at RyanBHQ. Ryan, how are we doing, my friend? Good, kind of in a million places at once. I remember, remember a couple of weeks ago, I told you, uh, usually not much happened, like in our little intro preamble here, not, not much happens between Tuesday and Thursday on our shows, but that wasn't really the case this week. Uh, pretty, pretty wild week in fantasy baseball industry for sure. Yep, most definitely a wild week. Uh, we're all kind of in the same waiting pattern i guess to see where we go this year because we will go and that is all that matters and that leads us into our listener leagues those are going to happen i want to say it's just a matter of where not if that's where we're at right now that's all we can really say at this point in time that's all we know but uh, the plan would be to hopefully have them on the nfbc we wanted to have that auction format that is the goal we are all waiting and seeing and with that we're, to, we're still taking signups. We're we're actually like halfway to, to team four already. I know. Which is, I which, know. Is, which is actually I forgot. I got two more today. I forgot to put on the list. So we're 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 getting almost to four full leagues, which is amazing. Again, if you guys go more than four, we'll do it, and the, then I'll announce the prize after four. We still haven't tweeted it out yet because of circumstances, as most know. Right now, we're kind of waiting on that. But uh, yeah, we got a ton to uh to get ready for we're looking forward to the season the train ain't stopping here that's all i'm going to say and that's why we're kicking it off with the outfield tonight uh adps one through 30 we're going to go through that and uh, use atc projections so without further ado ryan the board what do we got here got the board all right uh similar well same exact concept as last time got our top 30 by adp so we're, we're gonna do I think, well, hopefully I say this and then like we never do it, but hopefully more of a quick hit as we cover like all 30 of the top 30 or at least most of them. Um, but uh, and then and then next week with part two, we'll cover like outside of 30 and sleepers and, and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, we're going to try and hit the to- entire top 30 tonight. Got the top 30 by NFBC ADP up here over the last 10 drafts. So this is pretty recent stuff. And then again, our uh, friend Ariel Cohen and his ATC projections, which were released earlier this week, are color coded for convenience and color coded compared to the top 75. Uh, so that's what we did. So, like, what we've been looking at in the last few positions has just been the top 30. And then, like, every single time, obviously, everyone on the right side turns red because that's the bottom of that, that population. Uh, we're comparing everyone to. Uh, the top 75, assuming like a 15-team uh, five outfield format. So that's what we got up here. Um, a lot, like a lot of first-round outfielders, which is kind of like that stuck out to me. You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. For eight of the 15 uh, first round in a 12-team league, eight of the top 12 mm-hmm. are outfielders. So uh, Mookie Betts, maybe second base, but whatever. Um, that stood out to me. You've got a really like elite, elite core. Um, there are definitely some cliffs that we will talk about as we go through uh, the top 30. But with so many guys in outfield, there presumably are so many different types of profiles. This is 
certainly not like a lot of the other positions that we've talked about, like obviously catcher first, third, where it's a lot of similar type profiles. It's easier to uh, compare some of these guys with outfield. There's a, uh, there's a vast array of different uh, types of guys here. Yep. A vast array of different guys. So it'll be fun to break all that down. And obviously we'll start at the top and there's no surprise who this is. One Ronald Acuna Jr. Who last year, Hit 337 with 41 home runs, 73 stolen bases, 149 runs, 106 RBIs. And you look at his projections, Ryan. Ridiculous. Dude. Oh. Ridiculous. So all I could say is, um, and I had the pleasure of being on Beat the Shift this past week. We, we mentioned Acuna and just the projections still like just boom, goes the dynamite. It just blows the rest of the field out. So I'll let you have the floor on this one. Like, just projections alone, he still is far and away elite. Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no floor for me. Just just take Ronald Acuna first. If you're even considering other guys, you're 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 getting too cute. And since we have 30 outfielders to cover, like there's really nothing else I got. Like the dude's a beast, best player in fantasy. You need to take him at number one uh, every single time. Yep, nothing. Too crazy on that one. The next outfielder off the board around pick three is kind of sharing two and three with Bobby Witt Jr. pretty much in every draft, and that is J-Rod Julio Rodriguez. Dude's going to be 23 this year. This will be his third season in baseball, coming off of 275 average, 32 bombs, 37 stolen bases, 102 and 103 in the runs in RBI department. Elite season. Second half just went bonkers to collect most of those stats, which was great. Continues to show growth. Projections have him as a 30-30 player, which is insane. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on J-Rod? Yeah, the projections basically say a full repeat. Totally fine with Julio, number two overall. We've talked about Bobby Witt, who I think is a uh, fine alternative there, too, the number, at the number two slot. Really no bad choice here julio it, it is unbelievable that like age 23 he's got two 35 dollar fantasy seasons under his belt already and has already gone 30 30 and the skill support is absolutely there so um again similar to acuna like i don't i don't really have anything else like the lineup isn't that great around him but like come on you yep. can take him second if he drops to, i've seen him drop to like three or four Yep. A couple drafts, I think that's that's a gift as well. Uh, go with Julio. I, I really, if I'm trying to pick nits, uh, there really isn't anything uh, outside of maybe the lineup, but that's it. Yep, that would be it, and it's uh, nothing that concerns me. I still have Wit too, but again, I will not argue with anybody that takes J-Rod number two. Yep. Uh, both outstanding options, and um, that kind of, when a projection site gives someone 30-30, that's very rare very rare so you got obviously acuna is in a, a stratosphere of his own like I, I can't remember if it was this show we talked about or some other ones it's crazy when you think you know acuna brought in over 70 dollars in value last year which is asinine when you really think about it but like j-rod and wit they have 60 dollar upside which is crazy to think about as well and that's why they're just kind of to me locked in as the uh the twos and threes pretty much right there and i uh, think this next guy not to not to take over your host role. I think this next guy is sixty dollar upside too. To be honest 100%. with you, we'll get, to, we'll get we'll get to him in just a second. I want to get to Thomas's comment here. How many of the three hit uh, the top three guys hit forty four this year? Cunha, Witt, and J Rod. 
how many of those three hit 40 40 uh i'll say zero yeah that's a fair one just my smart ass of, answer but like 40 40 is so freaking hard it's elite it's, it's elite company it's yeah. elite company before like acuna's world it was bonds it was a rod it was canseco i want to say that was it we had we had a matt kemp in there i think, I think oh, he, he did get 40, to 40, 40. 40 right um but that's like about it's rarefied air it's like it's like hitting hitting 400 almost 400 is harder but it's one of those things like you have to do everything perfect yep. in this era of stolen bases that could help yeah i'll take the under i'll take the the answer would be over 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 under half like doing at least one would be the uh the betting line i'd imagine i think a lot of people would take one the over so i think you could have some good money on the uh the under yeah if i yeah if i had to bet i'd go like acuna yes then wit then j-rod i don't know if j-rod runs enough in yeah. seattle to get to 40 but i think that's fair i say I zero i completely agree with that uh that ranking system there as well now corbin carroll as you mentioned i agree there's a lot to like about carroll early draft season i had him around j-rod i was debating taking between the two a, a couple times and i got to carroll one j-rod the other time um carroll big big first full season in the bigs hit 285 with 25 home runs um 54 stolen bases and 116 runs scored he might not get you the rbis the other guys do but there is definite uh power speed the question i guess is do you trust the shoulder situation that did tap into the power if that shoulder is good to go i'd imagine this is a like a 30-ish 50 guy which is insane i mean in the forecaster we did an upside of 30 60 30 homers 60 bags um that's the only like Thing I can find with Corbin Carroll is just some concern with the shoulder, which happened in late June. Yep. Um, so right around when we can do these kind of first half, second half splits, did only hit eight home runs in the second half. Um, the power was down, but like to me, man, it wasn't was not a power collapse in the second half. Um, he ran like hell. Yep, he had thirty stolen bases in the second half wasn't pressing at the plate or anything like that. Strikeout rate was pretty much the same first to second half. I'm I'm not that worried about the shoulder. Like the power dip could just also be simple variance over a season. Like the guy's first full season, pitchers are adjusting to him. And like sometimes that just happens where there are changes in underlying skills from half to half. I mean, that happens all the time. So um, if it was like a power collapse with the shoulder, I'd be a little bit more concerned. But like even with the shoulder, quote unquote, injury in the second half, still went 288 home runs and 30 steals. Like that's almost like a floor, I think, if there's if it's if the shoulder thing isn't anything more serious. And I think if it was more again, not a doctor, far from it. But I feel like if the shoulder thing was more serious than it was, like it would have come up in the second half and shut down and stuff sure. like that. But it just never happened. So I'm not that worried about it. Um, wouldn't be surprised at all. So to go back to Thomas's question, I don't think Carroll has the power to go 40-40. But I do think Corbin Carroll could be the number one overall player in fantasy this year. Okay. That, that would not surprise me at all. That's very fair. And I, I'm with you. I wouldn't be surprised. I think we all agree Acuna. It's Acuna's role to lose. Let's put it that way. But I'm with you. Like Acuna feels like the Ladanian Tomlinson in fantasy back in the day. You just take him and you have that leg up on the rest of the, the league right out the gate. It's pretty wild stuff. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. It is. <laughs> it 
How many? So last for those old enough to remember that, Ryan. (laughs) Yeah, I remember LT in college. Come on. Um, Last twenty years, how many guys have repeated at number one? Oh, I'm guessing it's like none. I think it's one. Actually, no, it's it's none. One person did it twice. I think it was Pujols, but not in consecutive years. It's such a tough thing to do. Like I know Ron Chandler talks about it a lot and everything. Just. To re to basically earn even first round value is difficult just because the bar is so high in the first round. So we've talked about it on other shows, just talking about players like this season in the past. Like your first round pick, you just want that stability that you know you're going to get these stats and kind of go from there. Because to yep. earn the technical dollar value of a first round pick is very hard to do because it's such a high bar. So you just want that guy to be very very good. If they can hit their projections, you're almost good to go. And hopefully they, they exceed those projections. Yeah. Mookie Betts, the fifth outfielder off the board, also has a second base eligibility this season. So we've talked about him before. Uh, we, we talked about 307, 39 homers, 14 steals, 126 runs scored. Anything else on Mookie Betts? No, not really. For me, he is a tick behind J-Rod and Carroll at the position and Maybe behind our next guy. He is behind our next guy. So, <laughs> who is your boy? <laughs> your yes. man. A little, this little boy. biased. A little biased on this one, but yes, but, he's behind uh, this guy. <laughs> yeah, no, no, nothing much to add on Mookie. Check out our second base episode, which was either last week or a couple know, weeks ago. Know, whatever, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, actually, it was. It was last Tuesday. You're right. You got it. Feels All like. Right. Three weeks ago. A long time ago. Yeah. All right. Uh, the sixth outfielder off the board, that one guy we're talking about, my, my, my guy. Kyle Tucker, uh, just love everything about Kyle Tucker. I do it perennially with Kyle Tucker. Hit 284, 29 and 30. If you remember back, it should be 30 30. It's very controversial on what should have been a home run, but wasn't a home run. At least I'm biased in that regard. Would have been three straight 30 home run seasons. He's seen the stolen bases continue to increase. The RBIs are there. Run production's great. Like there's nothing I don't like about Kyle Tucker. It gets better and better year after year. Um, they're going to continue hitting him in the middle of the order now, which we saw more often this past year, even with Dusty, which is good. At least he should hit in the middle of the order still with this new team um, and new manage, manager in play. But regardless, it's an elite offense and an elite bat, so I love Kyle Tucker. And I think leagues were lost by that home run decision last year. Yes. I think I'm yes. trying to, I believe it was Eric Cross, our friend uh, over at the Tool Shed Pod. There you go, the Tool Shed Pod. Good, good podcasting. You could tell I was about to draw a blank. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he like either lost a league or yeah, didn't win a league because of that decision on the last day. Um, I wrote in the baseball forecaster for Kyle Tucker: if we could draw up the most well-rounded skill set in this book, his might be it. Yep. Um, I just I love it's it, it it's a complete package for me and what I'm looking for in the first round. It's somebody who has the track record, the team, and the balance. Really, the balance of Kyle Tucker category-wise just gives you so many different ways to go with your next few picks and really sets the foundation for your entire uh, hitting thing. That's one of the reasons why I'm not as high on Mookie Betts. You don't get like the bags uh, that you would with some of these other options early on. So Kyle Tucker just gives that great balance. You make a great point, Bubba, with, with Dusty gone. I would hope that Kyle Tucker ascends from the number six slot um in the order kind of hope it i don't know three or four in the lineup would would be great but i also hope he still runs too so yeah impossible to tell but i don't think there are much safer investments in the first round than than kyle tucker yeah that's why i love him and i kind of bumped him up because 
I don't really have any questions about what Kyle Tucker does outside of an injury. You can I, I feel 30 30 is just written in, in stone with him pretty much with over 200 runs and RBIs and a, a very solid batting average. Like you're just getting a great five category contributor, which is all I want at that point in the draft. Now, the next, I'll oh. bring up just a quick uh, listener question. Do yeah. you guys play in outfield position specifically from PPBDL, left, left field, center field, right field? Left field drops off really quick. I have before, I believe, in on Yahoo formats. I don't currently. No, I do not anymore. I've seen people that do that, though. I actually i am in a long, long-term salary dynasty league with some buddies back home that I always tell myself I'm going to stop playing, but I, I still don't because I'm just, you know, you know me, fantasy baseball. Um, and that one still has left field, center field, right field. But uh, it's annoying. That's, so That's it's awesome. Annoying. It's annoying. If if but, other folks do have those leagues, let us know. Uh, we can play around with it. Kind of check, yeah, check into that stuff. Yep, we can play around with it for sure. The next outfielder off the board, ADP of eight, is one Fernando Tatis Jr. This is a player that is growing on my interest levels in draft season, like to the point where I kind of want to push him into the top five potentially. Uh, last year in 141 games, obviously the late start finishing his PED suspension. He hit two, uh, 257 with 25 home runs and 29 stolen bases. 91 runs scored, 78 RBIs. Obviously, you'd hope for more there. Projections have a little more for him there. And I think, you know, this dude, when right, is a 40-plus home run dude and can, can run for days if they let him. So I'm a big fan of Fernando Tatis Jr., I get the, um, you know, putting them eighth if you want some of these other guys ahead of them. But if you want to push them up, I'm not going to argue that either. Because I think, the, it, you know, we mentioned 40-40 guys. He could be a 40-40 guy. I'll push back on the power. I'll push back on the power. I don't know if he has 40 home run power anymore. I'll say he did in 2021. I was like, <laughs> where are we going with that one? So the 2021 thing, and that's kind of where I'm going with it, is like it was pre- Pre two things, it was pre shoulder injury and, and pre PED suspension. Um, so I don't know that Fernando Tatis can do that again. The barrel rate in 2023 compared to 2021 basically got chopped in half, still good 11% last year, but it was 21% earlier. A lot of our are in 2021, and that what I think will be Fernando Tatis's career year. Um, I, I just can't, and I think a lot of projections may bake that in, not knowing some of the contextual factors around Fernando Tatis. So I'm not, I'm actually not in on Tatis at the price. Obviously, he's a hell of a talent, could steal 40 bags for sure, and hit the 30 home runs last year. Like, I, I get it. Um, I just like, I like the options ahead of him a lot more, and I like, like, Freddie Freeman more than Fernando Tatis in the, in the middle of the first round. So um, for me, I just, I'm, I'm not totally sold on that uh, like 32 home run projection could very well be wrong, but uh, that's where I'm at. I guess like when we talk about players that could fall to you, if you're in the back, say third of a 15 teamer, I think it has happened in our listener league. If like Tatis somehow falls to me, I'm like, okay, let's dance. I'm pretty yeah. pumped, pumped yeah. when that happens. Cause I believe there is, a lot of upside there but again i could be wrong that's i mean i i I'd, I'd be fine with him late in the first round i just don't think yeah you're right he did fall to you at 10 that's what i'm saying when i see that happen i'm very happy when i see that kind of thing happen the hell's that his adp again it's eight eight so yeah it's 
And he went after uh, Kyle Tucker. He went after Trey Turner. I took Freddie Freeman at six. So he's your boy. You have to. <laughs> so I'm kind of backing up what I said. But yeah, I'd consider him around ten. But uh, not not until after Freeman, Tucker, Strider, even. Okay. Well, we shall see how that pans out later. Uh, say I, I'm making a note for November. our bet episode about yeah. Fernando. Actually, yeah, I like Fernando quite a bit. Obviously. All right, Juan Soto, ADP of 11, going to the Bronx, short Porsche. That'll be said many times when they talk about Juan Soto this year. And to, you know, sure, that'll help, but he's just a great pure hitter, period. So I don't care what ballpark he's in. He still hit 35 home runs last year with 12 stolen bases, hit 275, 109 ribbies, 97 runs. He had that slow start to the season, but finished in gangbusters. You talk about first half, second half splits, Yahtzee. So um, Juan Soto, big boy stuff. I expect a monster season from him. Uh, his contract year, he already like basically said, we'll talk after the season. Um, he's not even really looking into a new deal with the Yankees. So this is one of those. I could see some some nice Juan Soto numbers here. Let's put it that way. And I think if you are back into the first round uh, drafter, it's a good guy to set your team up with. Let's put it that way. Eh. Eh. Oh, wow. We're going to have a lot of fun on our bets episode. I can tell. Um, for me, so like, yes, Juan Soto is freaking amazing. He's great, great player. Is that is that the noise you make when you talk about someone that's amazing? He's yeah. young. Yeah. He's amazing in real baseball. <laughs> in fantasy, dude, he has a 20% walk rate. Like, that doesn't do anything for you in baseball. Number one in pick fantasy in baseball. hours. In OBP. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, in OBP. <laughs> um, and that is a good distinction. Juan Soto in OBP leagues, because he walks so much, does approach that top five, I think, just because yep, the boost it gives you. A um, couple things with Soto is so yes, that's that's the big thing is is just the walk rate so big. I I just think the the hype, deserved hype in real baseball is carrying over a little bit too much to our fantasy game. Um, projected to hit by ATC two eighty again, which is fine, but J Rod was projected to hit two eighty also. And also go 30-30. And Juan Soto's like nowhere near that. 11 steals, 37 homers. I worry about Soto hitting in front of Aaron Judge. Are you going to run when Aaron Judge is up right after you? And I also worry a little bit. Everyone talks about Yankee Stadium. And yes, it'll be a boon to to Juan Soto and his home run uh, capability. But what, Yankee Stadium is one of the worst parks in baseball for left-handers uh for hits so i actually would take the under on juan soto and his projected 282 batting average so yes he could go could very well hit 40 home runs but i'm taking the under on 280 batting average i'm taking the under on 11 bags uh for soto so i'm not i'm not drafting him in the first round it's good to know. Hope we draft next to each other in a, a draft at some point in time. That's uh, that. That's what we do a I lot. Mean, I mean, we've only done. But not work. So. Not in the back. Not in the back end. We don't draft next to each other, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I just think I think you're down. I agree. The the stats are the stats when it comes to the ballparks uh, taking away left-handed you know potential. But this is an elite hitter we're talking about here. We're not talking about Alex Verdugo like we did before. This is Juan Soto. Um, he's still going to hit just fine. Like I, I'm not. I'm not as concerned with. Juan Soto's hitting ability. So, yeah, put his name down to discuss on the bets sheet at some point. In oh, time. I have. I, yeah, have. That, I, I have put yeah. Juan Soto in his in his 32% fly ball rate, which is terrible. 
that's you know ground balls are, can't be home runs, Bubba, in Yankee Stadium. So I, I have put I have put that down on our on our bet sheet here. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Looking forward to that episode already. Um, all right, let's go to the next one here. Twelfth pick off the board, Aaron Judge. To in the bright side of it, Aaron Judge doesn't play as often as usual. Soto's not hitting in front of him, anyways. So you got that oh. going for you. Um, Aaron Judge only played 106 games last year to his toe <laughs> issue. 267 average, 37 home runs, only 79 and 75 runs in RBIs, three stolen bases after a monster 2022 season. That's just a, it's a guy like I I understand he's great. He could be a top three guy if he stays healthy. There's no denying that. I just don't take Aaron Judge very often. Like at that point, I'll take um, J Ram. I'll take a shortstop. I'll take a pitcher. That's just me. I've always kind of been anti-judge, and it's backfired once for me. So I'll take my chances. Uh, so I think our bet is Juan Soto versus Aaron Judge. End of your <laughs> fantasy value. I mean, that's well, pretty straightforward. We know. We know you've drafted Judge. I know. Um, Aaron Judge projection-wise, projected to be the number five hitter baseball this year and he's the 10th hitter off the board the projections love love Aaron Judge the power metrics are the exact same as they were in his 62 home run season um yes the injury last year it was a fluky foot injury crashing into a wall like it was not a muscle thing an oblique or something that recurred the previous two seasons for Aaron Judge he had 630 plus plate appearances uh and Juan Soto will be in front of Aaron Judge not stealing bases, staying on first base uh, as Judge drives him in. So I, I actually, I, I, in a 277 projected batting average for Judge, I have no idea what the stolen base output will look like, but I think Aaron Judge could have an absolutely monster season. I think he's being discounted uh, for injury a little bit too much, which is kind of weird for me to say because I'm very injury mm-hmm. risk averse in the first round. Sounds like quite um, the bias you have there for Aaron Judge. But again, 660 plate appearances on average from 21 to 22. And again, fluky, fluky foot injury last year. I think I think he's gonna mash, man. If for for a player that's really not that good, do you know who the sixth overall outfielder was in the Rasball player raider last year? Juan Soto. Yeah, yeah, that was Juan Soto, actually. Just wanted good, to mention that. Good, good for Juan. <laughs> Proud of him. Proud of your boy. All right, let's go to the next was he, one. He was here. number six on Rasball Player Raider. Was yep, he? I got it up right now. Going Acuna, Mookie, Carroll, J Rod, Tucker, Soto. Oh, at, at outfield. Okay. At outfield. So I said it's number six outfielder. Uh, that's. I got to scroll for Aaron Judge for a while. Like. <laughs> yeah. He's 18th. Yeah, he's 18th. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. The next the, outfielder. The bet has been placed on my little freaking. <laughs> Scratch the, uh, over here. Electronic. I don't write. I don't actually write it down like you do. Yeah, that's how you get lost in the cloud. Um, next up, the next outfielder off the board with an ADP of nineteen, Jordan Alvarez. Uh, I love me some Jordan. Two ninety three last year, thirty one seventy seven and ninety seven. He will not run, but probably one of the best pure power hitters we've seen in a long time because with the average he brings with the power, he's elite. Like I would take a straight up bet Jordan versus Judge if you'd like right now. I'll take that one all day long. Give me, yeah, you got a little squirmish on that uh, one, didn't you? Yeah, because I kind of like Jordan. Yeah, the, I'm not Jordan going there, man. Jordan's going too low for me because I think people are. It's the the injury bump that's got him down. If if we knew he'd play at least 140 games, like without really any issue, 
And last year he played 114, 135, 140. Like you give me 140 games of Jordan Alvarez, this dude's a easy first round pick for me. Yeah. And if you were to if you were to ask me like who's who who in 2024 is going to have the Matt Olson season? Yeah, bingo. Even bingo. more likely than Matt Olson himself, I think it's it's Jordan Alvarez. All he has to do, and and I, I, I make it sound like it's easy, but all he has to do is get like 600, 650 plate appearances, just avoid the IL. Um, granted, Jordan Alvarez has not reached 600 plate appearances in any of the last three seasons, missed all of the 2020 COVID year pretty much. So that is a concern, but um, I would argue probably the best hitter mm-hmm. in baseball. And yeah. so just, I mean, the, the, so there's two downsides. The, the one is I just talked about the health. You do need to have a plan for stolen bases if you take your dom. Yeah. In, in this stolen base environment, getting a zero, especially early in the draft, like that's, it's tough. You have to have a plan to come back from that. Or if you think in your, you know, home leagues, not overall, if you can, if you have a plan to punt steals, you could absolutely start with like a Jordan, Matt Olson, one, two, or something like that. Uh, but just have a plan for stolen bases if you, if you take Jordan. That's kind of all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you there. It's uh, it's one of those this time next year when we're doing our positional previews, I hope Jordan's not even on this show. I hope he's util only because all he did was DH. That made him play 150-some games. Like, just yeah. don't even put him in the outfield. That's the I would love to see him not even on this show next year. Let's put it that way. Michael Harris II is the next outfielder off the board, ADP of 31. And that ADP keeps climbing, folks. And I think it's because people are catching on to just how good this guy is. And, I, and I'm included in this one. I've always kind of been like, you know, we saw this, this ups and downs and this, that, and the other. But in the end last year, 293 average, 18 homers, 20 steals. He's a 20-20 bat who is for a great batting average. And he gets clowned upon because he's at the bottom of the order. But let's remember, bottom of the order on elite, elite offense. And all it takes is like an Ozzy Albies injury, and he's batting at the top of the order again. So I know we've talked about Harris a lot, and um, I'm starting to buy in a lot more on, on a Michael Harris. It's still a rich price tag. It's the 2-3 turn. But if you're building your team accordingly to get this kind of production, it's pretty nice. Yep, agreed. Um, it is It is worth noting there is this is a pretty big drop in terms of like ADP from Aaron Judge and Jordan. So Judge was 12, Jordan 19, and then it's Michael Harris at 31. So just taking the outfield, there's really – Jordan's like the only second-round hitter <laughs> uh, in the outfield after eight of them going in the first round. So just, I don't know, kind of a random, non-actionable observation, but pointed out anyway. Mm-hmm. Michael Harris, to me, is like a fine second-round pick. I, I think we can explain away the early struggles from 2023 – he, had, he missed three weeks of the back issue and then had, I think it was a knee in the first half as well um, and got right back to doing Michael Harris things. So basically, basically three of the last four half seasons uh, and all three of his last healthy lap, his last healthy half seasons, he's been elite. And uh, you, you bring up a great point about the batting order. What are the odds that the Braves get full seasons again from Acuna, Albies, Olsen, um, all those guys at the top, like not great. And so, I mean, if, if anyone goes down up top, Michael Harris, like could go through the moon. So um, I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan. And again, he's got the balance. 
Got that batting average, 292 projected batting average. That's third best at the position yep. behind Acuna and Alvarez. Like, don't sleep on that. Uh, that's Huge. that's super important. So it's just someone that gives you a lot of balance uh, from a category standpoint and I think is pretty safe and could even be another level to the guy because he's so young. Yeah, like I, I know we're not doing bold predictions. I don't want to be completely foolish here, but if he did spend a season batting second with the skill sets we're seeing, hitting 290-plus, like this is a 30-30 dude that could score like 110 runs. Like it, it it's pretty wild the ceiling that I think Michael Harris could come into play. Again, gonna be like 23, super young. Uh there, there's a lot more we could be seeing, like Ryan said, to this ball player, which is quite intriguing. Yep. Forecaster, we said with six hundred plus plate appearances, upside of first round value. So basically yeah. what you just said. I totally get it. Makes a ton of sense. Like I said, the more that's why I love, you know, as much as we make fun of us drafting early, between drafting early and doing content. It opens my eyes up to things that I did not believe in in like November in a big, big way. And Harris is, a, I'll admit, 100% a guy I've done a complete 180 on on this one. Like, I'm I'm very much interested in Michael Harris a second. Now, we, we talk about how sharp the industry is now. There's a lot of great people providing great talent. A lot of great players don't even provide talent, just great players in general. And the ADP for Lou Bob, Luis Robert, stands out to me with an ADP of 34, where I think it's people – are getting wise to the fact that this guy's a perennial injury concern. Last year, finally played 145 games. First time in four years, his entire career, he played over 100 games. And he did kind of what we've always said he could do. 38 home runs, 20 stolen bases, hit 264. You know, the counting stats were down because, well, white sucks suck. But <laughs> um, And so that also obviously puts him down. But I think it's one of those, if we were to trust Lou Bob's health, he's higher than 34 is what I'm trying to say. I guess the dude that we know the power is legit. Like let's just say 35, 20s uh, an option here. That's that that projects out to like Mookie bets outside of the average. And I'm just doing the homers and stolen bases. I'm not trying to compare the player, but I'm just saying like to have him at an ADP of 34. I guess shows I guess the smarts of the group. Is what I'm trying to say, and I I end up drafting Lou Bob a lot. I drafted him last year. I'm willing to take a chance on a player like that, knowing the risk that's there. What about you? Um, I I have not had. I don't think I've like ever drafted. Luis Robert. Um, and maybe that's a flaw of mine. Like I, 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 and he had the 590 plate appearances last year. And so, I mean, sometimes guys just get hurt early in their career and then they become stable later on that the, the Nelson Cruz path, uh, that that involves some needles, but yes, (laughs) it's true. I'm not making allegations here. of uh, of (laughs) We don't want to do that in these days. Right now. (laughs) No, no, definitely not right now. Yeah. Um, and that, but yeah, that's probably a flaw of mine is just thinking Robert is a little bit too much injury prone than he actually is coming off a 590 plate appearance season. Was interesting to note. I think there's some batting average, not batting average risk, but sure. Luis Robert like pretty much changed his approach completely in 2023. The K rate, the, a ton more strikeouts, but a ton more fly balls and a ton more power. It kind of went back to who he was in 2020 and 2021 for what it's worth. It's more of just a batting average power trade-off. Um, stolen bases are going to be there, like 83% success rate. He can run. Um, so maybe I'm talking myself into Luis Robert a little bit because, again, that B word is pretty damn balanced. And even the counting stats last year, like, yes, the White Sox were really bad. Still had 90 runs, 80 RBI. It's like, not it's horrible. Not awful. Yeah. that's. I guess that's why I like him. Like, I know that – 
if he just somehow plays like 140 games, there's a really good floor with Lou Bob. And I think there's a ceiling of, say, the supporting cast, and I'm not counting on the White Sox to like really get it together. What if, you know, they put together a 70 win season? Like that, like that means they're going to score some runs once in a while. Like he could run into a pretty decent season at that ADP. Like, would I still take Michael Harris? Yes, 100%. Yes. But I think Robert's a guy that in the years past, everyone kept hoping he'd stay healthy and he'd still like a second round pick bordering on like a back end first round pick at times. So that's why I opened up saying the fact he's dropped down to 34 actually after doing it Mm -hmm. is kind of like a whoa that kind of stood out to me as a i'm not saying people are wrong because it's only one year you know fool me once shame on me fool me or fool, shame on you fool me twice shame on me type thing but it was kind of a surprising thing i figured i thought he'd come back into the you know mid to early second round world after that so agreed all right another little drop off here 15 pick drop uh, coming up to adelise garcia adp of 49 right now and he's a guy that i think the doubters have kind of gone away now i think I've, I've heard people admit that they're just wrong he hit 245 again this last year he's basically been a 243 to 250 hitter for three years he's shown the power 39 home runs last season the counting stats are great nine stolen bases that was a big drop off from years past but it's like he walked a lot more last year if that's good or bad we'll, we'll time will tell but at least seems to be this dude now he's gonna be 31 so he's one of the older guys actually that we talked about so far at this position but um a real solid player if you don't need a – he's not going to crush your batting average. He's not going to, you know, help you either. But what's your thoughts on Adelise? Because yeah. he's a guy that most people kind of gave up on. He's actually finally going ahead of one of my boys. That's who's up next. And for years, that was not the case. Yeah, I I, I take your boy next uh, before Adelise. But first, first, first real, like, batting average risk, I think, in, in the category. The projection for Adelise is 243 on the batting average. And so there is some downside risk to where like, if at least it's 243 and continues not to steal, you're kind of getting like a three category guy. And those three categories runs homers and RBI are, are pretty damn sweet, especially in that lineup. Uh, but there is some risk to that. I, I don't know why at Garcia did not run last year. He he stole the nine bases on just 10 attempts. He's nine for 10. Like maybe, maybe Texas was just so no, good. No, that team just... ran. That's the thing. Like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. That's they, they ran. Like this is a the question I've been wondering on other things looking at him. They, they do run, but like, why, why not at a lease? Maybe spot in the order. Like you had guys in front of him or something. I don't know, but yeah, he's no, not I'm old. The same thing. He's, I mean, age 31 season, you already mentioned his age, but like, to go from 16 bags to 25 bags down to nine, uh, that that is a little bit of a concern for me. But still, think he's a fine I, I, he's a fine pick. I just like uh, I like the next guy a little bit more. 100. That next guy is Mr. Swag himself. Uh, <laughs> boots on the ground, as they say. Just one of the most consistently when fantasy baseball is supposed to be fun. Randy Orozarena brings the fun to the yard. And I understood tremendous. I've been on this bandwagon for a few years, folks. So this ain't a joke. Uh, ADP of 51 feels to me like I'm just shooting from the hip here. One of the uh, lower ADPs for him in a while, which kind of surprises me after a 254 yes. season, 23 homers, 22. So another 2020 season. That's his third straight 2020 season. Uh, counting stats were not too shabby either. 95 runs, 83 RBIs. Um, He's basically been this dude 2020 for three straight years. Like that is so incredibly amazing to just write down 
in your book, like just, just, and he's projected to do the same thing this year. Um, I love Randy. I have many shares of Randy. Um, I've probably talked too long about a guy that I could have said draft Randy. Your thoughts? Dude, you're just that was you're on a roll, just waxing poetic <laughs> over the over the Randy man. Um, full agree. Can't cannot argue with 600 plus plate appearances in 2020. Each of the last three seasons, plays every day. He's not a a, a victim of the Rays platoon uh, deal, which isn't as big of a thing, I think, as most no, people yeah. as most people think. Um, had a really bad second half. Hit two seventeen with just seventeen Four home runs. Half, yes. But like the skills, they're fine. The skills and the, the skills even in the second half weren't that bad. Um, even started to be the, the funny thing with the Rosarena was like, he would just run all the time and wasn't yep. really all that successful. They never told him not to, he just run as much as he could and just prayed to get like 60%. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like even in the second half, he stole 13 and actually was, had an 81% success rate. So like, um, I think if you look into that second half, I think you're getting a little bit too cute again. And so just, just pencil in 2020 with a decent batting average capital B balance. Um, I love Randy Rosarena where he's going, particularly considering the next two alternatives. And the, the, the only, if I have to put any rain on the Rosarena parade, which trust me, I don't want to, he's been all off season, like rumored as a potential trade candidate, not saying that's going to hurt him, but you never know. Like if they yeah. trade into the wrong situation, that could get weird. I doubt it would, but that would be the only bit of hesitation I could have on Randy. But that's not going to stop me from drafting him. I'm just saying that could maybe be why some trepidation is going on. There. Yeah. You, do, you do want him to stay in Tampa Bay. Heck I, yes. I think. Heck yes, because you'll have that nice spot in the order playing every day. All right, now it gets fun. A player that I loved last year had in DCs, Fab, you name it, Nolan Jones. We've talked about him a ton on this show. Kerwin won't shut up about him. He won't shut up about many things, but he won't shut up about Nolan Jones. Um, and Jones is awesome. 106 games played, went 2020, hit 297. Now, I'm going to let you have the floor here first because I've, there's a lot of this part's good, this part's scary, this part, there's a lot of it with Nolan Jones. I get it. So, what are you looking at when you see Nolan Jones in ADP of 57? It, he's one of the tougher ones for me because, like, on the one hand, like everything looks great last year. Mm -hmm. Like the power speed with Nolan Jones looks just unbelievably elite. 16% barrel rate and an 85% success rate. feel like I should have some kind of bloom board or something on guys. It might not even be the best board because it's probably only two or three people <laughs> on it. Um, that that's an elite combination of power speed. Um, yes, the strikeouts are there. A lot has been made about like Nolan Jones's swing decisions and plate discipline. I, I don't think that's that big of a deal to be honest. Um, I, I, I take like no way he hits whatever the hell he hit last year. 97, 297. Um, I think that's out of the cards, but like the ATC projection is 273. And if you just go strictly by the projections, Nolan Jones is pretty much a return on value where he's going. And you can make the case that this is him growing as a hitter. And there's another level in the, in the baseball forecaster, we put an upside of 30, 30 and go on Nolan Jones. Um, the flip side of that is like, this is a dude that he was, he was a prospect for sure, but not an elite one. And I, I, I personally have trouble spending a third, fourth round pick on someone with 
not like a super high prospect pedigree and not that much of an MLB track record. That's the only thing holding me back from Nolan Jones, uh, especially compared to the relative safety of Randy Rosarena. But I certainly understand the pick. I, I'm, I'm a little surprised the price is this high, but uh, again, the, the more you deep in, the more you dive in, it is justifiable. Yeah, this is a, like the 30-30 claims, like the lazy approach to it is, well, he only played 106 games last year. If he plays him like 150 this year, like do the math. Like that's the uh, that's the uh, lazy way about it. We know that's not how baseball works all the time. We can't just project things that way. But you could also see it. That's the weird part. Like, I, I could see the speed a lot more than the power. That's that's the other thing is um, I could hmm. see like 20 to 25 home runs because, you know, we know Coors more batting average than power. But the dude can run. He's got really good speed. And I think that's going to do wonders. He's going to play every day. He's going to hit in the middle of the Rockies lineup, good or bad, whatever that is. It's still 81 games in Coors Field, which is always good. Um, I, I'm a fan. I still have Randy over him. But, like, if you miss out on Randy, I think this is a phenomenal fallback option. Let's put it that way. I think there's a, a lot to like there with Nolan Jones. Um, and, um, yeah, just like you said, though, the number one thing is don't expect the batting average. Even though it's a Babbitt Park and, and he's got a high Babbitt, over 400 Babbitt last year. So there, there's a benefit there. But I think there is bad and average regression when you do have that much swing and miss. That's definitely a concern. Just real quick, diving into a little bit on the minor league side, um, I'll just throw this at you. What was his previous career high stolen base total in the minors? I know it wasn't much. Um, no. That's another thing that's been talked about. Like, let's yeah. say was- eight. It was 10. It was 10 in 2021. And he's never hit more than 13 homers in a season in the high minors. So that's what I mean with the track record. Like, I guess guess a little worrisome. I guess the pushback I give is last year he turned 25. Yep. No, and you said, and and you said his age, like he could still be developing. Like, we we just waxed about Michael Harris and these other guys. Like, what's to stop Nolan Jones from taking steps? And that's where I think, uh, We've talked about it on in past episodes how both of us have to start realizing like there's these steps and guys we got to start believing in more than once we see like at least something we got to start believing type thing and uh, yeah I, I, I trust me I, I have trouble drafting Nolan Jones because I I guess I enjoyed that like free price tag last year and having to pay for it now which is a dumb way to draft I 100% acknowledge that should not be a part of the process. But let's be real. If you don't think that way, you're just not a human being. Like you really like cost analysis is a big thing in life, and that is one. I found this guy last year. He should be cheap for me because I uncovered yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like this is ridiculous. He got like a 480p jump. What are we doing here? But that happens in baseball. That happens more often than we think. Cody Bellinger, ADP of 62, the homeless Cody Bellinger right now. <laughs> But he's well, he doesn't have a home. Like literally, he does not a baseball team. I mean, he probably um, has a house, some walls, a, and a he, roof. He's a baseball teamless Cody Bellinger. That just doesn't roll off the tongue the same way. Uh, twenty six home runs, twenty steals last year. Hit three hundred seven. <laughs> that ain't happening again. Um, really good ball player. I'm just that kind of guy that now Bellinger's still not super old, but just the inconsistencies in year to year production. I'm not buying this right now. I know other people love him. I'm not to to each their own. But I'm not in on Cody. Like, I don't think he does the whole five categories again for you, especially batting average. And maybe even power. I mean, we talked about him in the first oh, the episode. Thing. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, since that episode, yeah, I did do a board on uh, Homer to Barrel. And I think Bellinger, I don't have it right in front of me, but it was something like the same number of home runs and barrels, which yeah, is, which is not good. Like, typically, 
very general rule of thumb is typically it's twice as many barrels to home runs. Um, and Cody Bellinger, the, the, the new feature I added this year was how many of those barrels were, pearl, were, were pulled because pulled barrels are much more effective than center or opposite field ones. And it's not like Cody Bellinger was even pulling his power. So, um, I, I worry about the batting average. I worry about the power. Uh, hope he, hope he finds a, a house soon. Okay. Got it for you. I found it. I knew I'd find it here. I pulled up your tweeter here and um, Bellinger had 26 homers, 26 barrels. It's a hundred percent home run to barrel rate with 58% pulled. He was basically the third best home run to barrel rate in baseball behind TJ Friedel, who we've talked about plenty and obviously Isak Paredes. So third luckiest, yeah. you may say that's yeah. Some would say third luckiest. That is sure. All right, let's flip over to the next 15. That was the top 15, number 16 here. After about a 14 pick and ADP drop, we get to Mike Trout, ADP of 76. Lowest number we've seen Trout probably in our lifetimes. Let's put it that way. After his you know rookie season. Once he became Mike Trout, we have never seen this. And um, it was a rough year for Trout, obviously. You know, the average was okay, but you know, 18 home runs, two steals, 30 or um, 82 games. Playing time's just been disastrous for him recently. I understand the argument at this ADP. There is a little bit of a gamble that might be worth it here. I just, it's not my cup of tea. Agreed. Um, and it, it sucks, uh, yeah. but definitely agreed. And, and not only because of the injuries, but um, the batting average has been like, okay. And he doesn't run. So like the, 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 the batting average projection for trout is 273 at three steals i'd even take the under on that but like he's got to play a full season to to make a pretty good return on that value and maybe he does at some point like he's still just what 32 um but hasn't been able to do it in four years uh last year was a little fluky with the fractured hand but i don't think we can keep giving mike trout passes uh for injuries and still yes the adp is cheaper but Still a little bit too early where I'm going to go out on that that injury limb. Yep, I'm with you. Like honestly, as a baseball fan, I hope I'm wrong. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, and I'd we'll love see. to see him in the playoffs. But yeah, we'd love to see him with Shohei in the playoffs, but that won't be happening. But he can uh, do it with Luis Rangifo. So that's darn straight Rangifo, Drury. We know it won't be. We know it won't be Rendon. That's way too many games at that point. So that 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 won't be happening. Um, next up on the list here, one pick after Mike Trout, Jazz Chisholm Jr., ADP of 77. And this is where I sound like a complete hypocrite. Wasn't in on Mike Trout. I'm very interested in Jazz Chisholm at 77 because I know what? the injury, I know the injury concerns here. Um, but even in 100 games, 97 games, 19 homers, 22 steals with a 250 average, like at that point in the draft, still rich value, not denying that you can get replacement value at some point in time and have some fun here. Like I'm willing to take a chance here because he gives you the power speed. Trout does not give you the speed at all. That's where I'm interested in a guy like Jazz Chisholm. Um, you know, the average is low, but that power speed combo, we're addressing Adelise Garcia potentially if you ratio the two out. We're, there, there's a the 2020 upside as we keep going down this draft board starts disappearing. Jazz brings you 30-30 upside if you ever played a full season, maybe 30 40 type stuff so i love jazz i love the drop in adp you still had to pay for him last year i am interested in jazz chisholm to that let me clarify though i actually don't think i have any shares of jazz chisholm but i am excited about the adp of 77 
Yeah, so just like Aaron Judge can't hit home runs with his ground balls, Jazz can't go 30-30 uh, from the IL. So just those, those, those couple of facts for you there, man. Um, you can have some Jazz Chisholm bets too then. Bring, have that to your list. Fascinating Jazz Chisholm thing in our draft today. I passed on. I had the opportunity to take Jazz Chisholm at a round and a half after his ADP in our first pitch speaker league in the middle of the seventh round, and I did not. I took Brian Reynolds. I took Brian Reynolds instead. So that 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 tells you where I'm at with Jazz. You you had a, you had you, you were picking four picks later. I'm assuming you would have taken Jazz was taking the next pick after me. Jeff Erickson took him in the seventh round. Um, you were close to being able to get a seventh round Jazz Chisholm. That would have been sexy. Oh well. Yeah. Um for me it's know. not just it's not just the injuries. It well, yes, it is the injuries. I'll say yeah. It it's, the injuries. Uh, <laughs> it's the nature it's the nature of the injuries. That's what I was getting at. Again, man, been a long freaking week. Um yeah. last year was three separate things. It was a hamstring, an oblique, and a turf toe. Like you don't that, Don't like put him in the really outfield. We tried saying it. <laughs> but he's going to be in the outfield again I know, next year. I know. So we had the surgery. So Jazz had the surgery to correct, we think, the turf toe. But, like, again, it's not just the injuries. It's it's the type. It's that lower body, core, muscle injuries that just keep coming up for Jazz Chisholm. Um, 383 plate appearances last year, 240 the year before. Like, bad bad against lefties over the last two seasons i'm not saying miami will platoon jazz chisholm because down in the order though that's been a proven thing yeah because yeah who else do they have but they, they will move yeah. them down the order so just and then the batting average thing i just i don't know like i said i passed him on the seventh round a, a, a round and a half after adp in the draft today so i think that's probably i could have stopped I get, there i get the concerns i'm not gonna knock the concerns i just you know, I'd like the drop off in ADP here compared to previous seasons where I'm intrigued here. What I will say is the next player with an ADP of 84, how I mentioned I like a 180 on Michael Harris. I'm almost to a 180 on Josh Lowe. Um, there are maybe some platoon concerns, but as a whole, we saw a great year from Josh Lowe this past year. Played in 135 games, 20 home runs, 32 steals, hit 292. The average, I think, is a, a bit suspect, but the power speed is legit. And this is another 2020 bat here. And the platoon risks should be a bit lower than expected. When um, when we talked about low in recent years, at least when I talked to uh, Colette, Jason Colette, he was a little more optimistic about uh, running him out there. Because even towards the end of the season, we saw Josh Lowe playing against left-handed pitching. We saw that actually happening with the Rays. Uh, so I'm starting to be a little more on the optimistic side of a Josh Lowe here. And if you wanted to say low over Chisholm, I'd be okay with that. Interesting. Um, no, you, you covered that really well. Just another example of someone who, uh, I mean, Josh Lowe is free in drafts last year. Um, don't give up on some of these guys who are legitimate prospects and struggle for even multiple years in the big leagues. It'd be, I probably should do something of like a this year's Josh Lowe. I'm sure everyone will write yeah. something like it, but how many guys are like that, that are very cheap in drafts in 2024 that were prospects and just, haven't done anything yet um be an interesting interesting comp to run but uh no you covered him well i i somewhat concerned about the platoon but um like you said he was playing against lefties at the end of the year so they've got some faith yep gotta have faith 
as George Michaels once said. Um, Justin Mason's in the chat now saying, uh, hey, guys. So he's bored on a Thursday night also. Appreciate you. Uh, We'll do a few more here and uh, see where we can get to before next episode. But Christian Yelich, ADP of 86, just kind of the steady Eddie. I know last year we talked about him. We started believing, okay, this is the guy he is. Uh, 14-19, well, he went 19-28, proved us wrong there, hit 275, had an even better season than he did in 2022. And we were like, I remember discussing them on him on the preview going, we'd be cool with the 2022 version of Christian Yelich at the ADP. And now you got a better version. So, you know, I think he's somewhere in between that guy. I don't think we're ever going to see this, the MVP guy that we agreed on that. Quality production um, uh, at the top of an amazing Milwaukee lineup, of course. Of course, of course. Um, I just the only thing I worry about with Yelich is the the back. Like, well, that's a very valid thing. I just I is especially in somewhat. I mean, this is still early picks and in draft and holds where the replacement level can be so bad. You don't have Fab to 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 back it up. Like I do worry about Yelich recurring over multiple seasons with back issues. Went on the IL late last season um, with back problems. Doesn't just go away. I mean, that said, Yelich has had 671 and 632 plate appearances over the last two seasons, respectively. So it hasn't really cost him. Um, but I just, it, it's enough of a worry that I'm taking my man Brian Reynolds over him um, in drafts. But certainly get the case for Yelich. Like everything we saw last year was was pretty legitimate. 90% stolen base success rate. Power came back. Yes, he hits a ton a ton of ground balls, uh, but he optimizes his power quite well at HQ. We had a 21 expected home runs on his 19 actual home runs last year. So the stat cast stuff certainly supports what Yelich did in the power department uh, last year. Yeah. Well, um, leads us to your guy, your boy, Brian Reynolds, ADP of 94 coming off 263, 24 and a career high 12 stolen bases. Uh, I'll let you have the floor. I won't even go here. This is your guy. So what do you got on Brian Reynolds? Uh, it's just a consistent package. The last three years in home runs, 24, 27, 24. Uh, stole 12 bags last year at a 92% success rate. I think he gets bagged because he's on Pittsburgh. But as we talked about, I think a little bit last episode with Cabrian Hayes, like the top half of that Pittsburgh lineup, not bad. So I think Brian Reynolds, again, just kind of gives you that balance. Um at at eighty or at ninety four ADP going ahead of like Kyle Schwarber who is uh, who is not balanced. Uh, I think it's I think it's a fine pick. The the projections for Reynolds have him the fortieth overall hitter, and he's the fifty second hitter off the board. So there is some projected value there uh, for Reynolds. I agree. He's the twentieth outfielder off the board, and I'm going to say we stop there on a nice round number at twenty. And we'll move on. We'll do some listener questions here. But before we head to the listener questions, I did want to ask you um, real quick here. Justin's got a question in here. Who doesn't love a consistent package? Danielle, apparently. Um, or, or are we saying something else, Mason? Never mind. I should just be quiet real quick and not turn this one to sleeper in the bus after dark. Um, all F-pass right. style. Yeah, F-pass style. So, um the top 20 outfielders, uh, we're going to keep going and outfielders, but you can already kind of see it towards the end here, Ryan, where, you know, you're, you're definitely not getting the five category guys. You're starting to see a few more bumps or chinks in the armor, I should say. And it's going to get worse and worse, obviously, as we go down. 
and it's been a discussion point, especially in five outfielder leagues, that you need to get more often than not get some outfielders early. Let's put it that way. Like I was saying something like, you know, in the first 10 rounds, you want at least two, maybe three. Um, like you want to – I want a real comfortable outfield base. That maybe is me. After these top 20, how are you kind of looking at the early outfield pool? As I look at my team uh, that in the first pitch league. And well, in labor rounds, last year, you had five in the first 10. Through nine rounds, Brian Reynolds is my only outfielder. So that'll be fun to fill in. Um, I agree with that, especially. So we have talked about other positions where there's just, uh, you know, like second base. If you don't get your speed early, it, it completely falls off. First base, there's nothing there. Catcher, there's nothing there. You do, need, you do need to prioritize. I think there are a lot more speed options early for outfielders. And so that's just, just kind of another tick against taking like a Jordan Alvarez. It's just a opportunity cost of not getting bags at a position where there are a good number of stolen base guys, at least in this top 20. Make a great point. After 20, it it totally dies. Jesus. Um yeah. There's a couple guys like Lane Thomas for 15, maybe George Springer, if you believe in 14 bags from him. But uh, but yeah, certainly need to think you need to uh, prioritize bags early for stolen base unless you've got some other strategy up your sleeve. Yeah, and that's one reason why I think I, I want to get two, if not three, in the top 10, mix in at least one middle infielder, even though there's some after this you know, top 10 rounds we've, we've talked about you can get with some speed, but... That was one of the bigger takeaways from it was one of your boards or something you mentioned one of the middle infield pods like you were saying that pretty much majority of speed comes from the middle infield and the outfield that's just been like a proven thing so don't sleep on it as you're going through the draft is what i'm trying to say all right we got some listener questions here for you, you guys came through once again and we'll start uh, here again we're going to try to stay a lot out of the weeds as we can but at strafus 23 says, what other sites are out there as alternatives to NFBC? Any other sites have high-stakes baseball like they do? I know Fantrax and Yahoo do. I know yeah, and fan, I'm, you know. yeah, it might depend on your definition of high-stakes, but I do know Fantrax has some higher-dollar leagues. I, haven't, I know Yahoo does too. I don't know how much high-dollar. I, I, I play on mostly NFBC. I, just, I, I love the platform. I play on Tat Wars. We play on On Roto, which is very customizable. Leave it at that one. Uh, Labor, I, I do like. Well, there's RT Sports, which isn't like as well known as your bigger ESPN, Yahoo's, uh, that sort of thing. I really like the RT Sports format. Um, I don't know if they have like high stakes or what their what their dollar things are, but uh, Justin in the chat says Fantrax and Yahoo have thousand dollar leagues. I did not know That's Yahoo started going that yeah, high. I thought, but, I thought uh, I've seen that. You, you can get in there. Not a ton of them. Not like a, a massive pool. There's no overall, but they do have leagues. Yeah. So yeah, I've but, not played Yahoo in forever. I, I actually like that. This may sound like sacrilege, but I actually like the ESPN interface. Uh, we I'm are in, done. 102 I'm episodes in, was good, guys. 102 was really good. I'm in a points league. This is the league that got me into fantasy like 20 years ago with my family. It's a daily moves points league. Dude, it's slick. It's slick. I like it. No, I've not, I haven't played Roto there forever. I have no idea, but I'll say I'm not going to knock it because as long as you're playing and having fun, that's the premise of fantasy baseball. So, and Justin's with you. He likes ESPN. Justin just it's likes not to play. Bad. It's Justin not just bad. likes to play anywhere they'll let you. I've only played football on ESPN recently. I have not done baseball in forever, so I'm. That's why I'll stop with my my jokes. I'll just stop. I'll be nice, nice, nice bubble over here. Um, Dave Petrozello asks, "Let's pretend for a minute that Langford and Churio 
both start in the majors and obviously play every day. Who do you like better for this year? I will take Wyatt Langford. I will also take Wyatt Langford. Uh, who we did finally correct our uh, HQ projection on Wyatt Langford, but still over in partial season, we're projecting 270, 15 homers, 12 steals uh, in a better lineup. Like, yeah, it's Wyatt Langford for me. Yep, 100% agree with you. Give me Wyatt Langford over Trio for sure. Calling my shot, our buddy has a couple questions here for us. How do you evaluate one category bats? Guys like Schwarber, who we'll get to to start next episode. Um, Gallo, Peak Birdie, Miles Straw, Luis Arise, D, uh, DJ the Mayhew and Coors. At their best, these guys have always have strong Rasball player rate or finishes, but actively hurt your team in three plus categories. Is winning one category worth the pain of others? Uh, no, not to me, it isn't. Agreed. Um, and and the big thing too. So I, I I've made this example at least once or twice on this show, but I had Asteri Ruiz in our draft champion draft draft and hold league last year on my team with like Acuna and a couple other base deal guys. There's a diff, like I could not use Asteri Ruiz. So he would get all these steals, but I was already so far ahead in first that it did nothing for my team. So with these one category guys, not only do they have to hit and like stay healthy and you don't have that balance that I've been talking about all episode. Um, you do these all in, you know, all eggs in one basket type guys, like they need to stay healthy or else your strategy is kind of thrown. Then the other thing is you can get so far ahead in a certain category that Asterio Ruiz could have stole 100 bases last year, earned you know $55 in Rasball Roto debt value, but 20 of those or 80 of those 100 bags were useless to my team. So um, I will add in trading leagues, I'm, I'm more open to it because you can kind of build a yes. bank and get ahead in a category and then That's trade true. out of it. Uh, but in leagues where you can't trade, like it's for me, it's very tough to uh, to go for those one category guys. He also adds, do you knock a little bit of their projected dollar value because of the unevenness of their production? Asking for a friend, definitely not as someone making ranks for an upcoming listener league auction. <laughs> there we go. Still in. I love it. Um, would I knock a couple dollars off? I don't know. I guess. It's I a would, terrible but answer, but a, yeah, it's just that's just, I, not, just I, I would just because to me it's not like you we want balanced packages on this show. Yes, we want balanced packages. So yes. I I, 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 I where get on that. Yeah, he's listening. Highly well, Justin's listening. That's good enough. That's right. Uh last Thomas thing Tri- we need is a Justin Mason shirt with a balanced package. <laughs> yeah, let, let's go to the next question. Thomas Travato says Josh Lowe versus Christian Yelich versus Seiya Suzuki versus Teoscar Hernandez. The, the projection is all so similar for all four. If you get two of them and, a, and around one to two outfielder, this is a viable strategy for outfielders in a three outfielder league. A three outfielder league, heck yeah. And 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very viable strategy. And I would I would take Seiya Suzuki over uh, Low and Yelich. I, I, I am you are team very high Suzuki. So maybe my bias is coming in there. You, you don't sound as... Convinced. I like Seiya, um, and I could be totally wrong on him. It, it, this is the problem we talk about. Like, the young players where I've seen it, I know there's another level is one thing. Seiya, we saw it, but there's just it wasn't the whole – I don't know. It's a, I'm, I'm bad with Seiya. Some of these guys I'm just really bad with. I need to spend more time on. I'm you are. You never really li- – you never liked him that much. No, I, I really – like the foreign players, I have a very difficult time like getting a grasp on and like getting behind until I see it a little longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where my problem is, but there are things with say like the quality of contact is 
really good. I won't deny that. Like there are very promising things there. So maybe I should reevaluate that. Um, I like T Oscar a lot in LA. Uh, he just won't run much. So if you have good speed early, you're good, but I'd probably go like Josh low. I'd give you say a second because I think you're right. There is something there. And then I go T Oscar, then Christian Yelich. But that's a really good four. Like I'd be cool with any of those guys on my team. Yeah. Especially agreed. on three outfielders. Yep. All right. At Taylor underscore Bauer 11 says, do you buy Suzuki second half? I believe that's a yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, so his second half at 319. So it's not going to happen. Um, but I do. I, I say Suzuki missed the first two weeks of the season with an oblique injury. Had some neck issues in June. I think he was pretty beat up in the first half. Yes, he was. Um, you can, you, I think you can make the case that once those cleared up, the strikeout rate went way down, the barrel rate went way up. Uh, like just everything looked really good in the second half. And again, I don't want to nitpick first half and cherry pick first for second half, but I think when there's health involved, you can lean a little bit more on the on the half that he was healthier, and so. Um, I am buying that second half. Not not the, not the full 320, but I don't know what the hell is the projection. Two, where's he at? 270? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty Might good. Might even take the over on that. So. Um, Taylor also says, I would take Riley Green over half these guys in my nuts. If you can tell, I am a sucker for a specific profile. I, I'll cl- I want to say something like this first because this is why I love doing my team preview shows. Um, I was a heavy Riley Green guy early, and I've backed off tremendously just because I need to see spring training now because um, Marty Tallman was on the show and he follows the beat writers well. And yes, Riley Green, I believe, reported early and he's working in the cages and stuff, but the shoulder injury he suffered was not good at all. And it's one of those that might take a lot longer to gain any sort of power back. Like Mason's in the chat saying Riley Green is not a good fantasy player. I'm concerned with that right now as well. Uh, he's going to have to prove to me that he's 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 back type thing. That's me. I don't know. I don't know if you have anything else on that, but when I heard that, that's because I didn't see those reports, and that was like, ooh, crikeys. Uh, no, that I got nothing to add. Okay. That was good. Um, Randy Leeson says, more likely to have a 30-30 season, Nolan Jones or Jazz Chisholm? Now, that is a phenomenal question. Nolan Jones. Jazz Chisholm. You Oh, look at you. I thought you'd pick Nolan Jones because of the injury concerns with Jazz Chisholm. Damn, Jazz Chisholm, let's go. Jazz Chisholm, well, yeah. If we, take I mean, the injury, dude is projected for thirty thirty. Yeah, no, I love Jazz. Pretty much. I'm just so. glad you said it. I was trying to set you up for success there, and you said it. So, pretty, pretty pumped on that. Um, Raging Randall says zero shares of Belly there. I agree. I don't have any Bellinger there. I know some people that are extremely high on that price tag. I'm just not one of them. Um, Ed DeCario, our, our buddy, says crazy how many of these top thirty offers I don't like at their current prices. The problem is, Ed, the next 30 outfielders are it ain't getting worse. Yeah, it ain't. It ain't. <laughs> that's, that's why the prices are there. The grass that's, isn't greener from uh, 30 to yeah. 60. And that's you gotta, why the you got to have prices. five of these guys in a lot of leagues. Yeah. So. Uh, Justin Mason says yeah. Riley Green is like a Milky Cabrera type profile. Uh, ah. Yeah, that that that's uh, that's pretty pretty good. And then I wanted to throw in here a little comedic relief to finish the show. Our good buddy, Alan De Laurentiis. I'm going 2020 this year. 20 failed attempts at keto, 20 quarter zone injections for my bulging disc. 
That's good. I, love, I, I like the. Uh, I love that that's awesome. And then, and then another misconception of thirty thirty with Jazz with a thirty plate appearance, thirty at bat season from Justin. Yes, Mason. if you can't read through the lines there, folks, he doesn't walk very often. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, um, yeah, he's good. Question by Ed though that that it leans me a little bit more to take an outfielder in that first round. Yeah, that's what I mean. Honestly, I, it, and that's why I think we see twelve of them go in the first round and like. Are not twelve of them. I meant uh, eight in the eight. top twelve picks, and you throw Jordan in there at pick nineteen. You know, you wouldn't be shocked if you see him on a one-two turn in a draft. And so now you're talking nine guys potentially. Um, it is kind of crazy that you only get nine in the top thirty. That's a uh, gap. But um, you think, and maybe that gets pushed up. Maybe more Michael Harris love. Maybe like I mentioned with Lou Bob. Maybe people start coming back to a second round Lou Bob pretty soon. It wouldn't shock me by any means. And um, and that's why I'm really I'm I'm probably not like diligent in the draft room at it, but I'm trying to make sure I get at least a couple outfielders early enough that I have at least a base of at least two outfielders because it gets rough, really rough. But to the extent is you don't want to sell out your other positions. And that that's the thing is don't like make a point to get three or four outfielders in the first 10 rounds and just completely blow <laughs> right. up another position. Cause... Why would you do that? Who would do that? But well, just... <laughs> it's the predicament in any 15 team league, at least. Uh, yeah. And I keep using 15 teams because that's mostly what I play. It's just like, yeah, so let get three early outfielders, get your get your early closer, get your two aces. Yeah, there's like six you can't. now. Yeah, four you can't do that. that. Yeah, that's like nine guys to get in six rounds. And so, and folks, um, folks, this is why you don't draft an early catcher. You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, catcher man has spoken. I'm telling you, the depth this year has zero reason to draft an early catcher. And I know people tell me I'm wrong because of blah, 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 blah. And you're probably right, but I don't care because I want to get these other positions. And that's where my my bread is getting buttered. So, yeah, I'm, look, I'm really like, I know we still got like five or six, maybe seven more preview episodes because we're breaking all these up. But I'm so looking forward to our pockets that we do because that'll really really kind of lighten up our strategy of what we're saying now about taking position players. It'll bring it even more to life when we start looking at those pockets of mm -hmm. what we can do type thing. I'm pumped on that, but all right, Mr. Bloomfield, final thoughts. We got through 20. I think our goal will be at least 20, maybe more. Cause it'll, it'll go a little quicker here as the production levels drop off. That was a, a great top 20 that we really need to break down, especially if we're promoting taking two to three guys in the first 10 rounds, you should probably know them about them a little more. But final thoughts on this preview part one for the outfielders. Should have known we we wouldn't get to 30. Should have known. I kind of said that. I said you, you, yeah. you throw well, 30, you hope for you know a certain number. You've been you've been doing a few more shows in your day than I have. Mm -hmm. you, you leave the 30 because it gives you a window. It's a strategy. Strategy. Exactly. So what like, we'll do 20 through 40 next week, plus give or take, give or take. Plus some late shots. Maybe or something. Maybe, maybe we'll do three outfield episodes. What what's what's a matter at this point? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, rat. maybe we'll do two more next week, and then we'll go into pitching the week after. It's all good and good around these parts. Yeah. So, final thoughts on anything? Is that it? You good? Just I, checking. No, okay. I'm I'm fried. I'm 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 good. All right. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm gonna go get a beer. Um. Hope you have a good weekend, everybody. Listener league, all that good stuff. We'll be back with you guys on Tuesday with part two of the outfit as we mentioned. And hopefully I have some more information for you guys in the coming days. We'll see. It's up in the yeah. air. But check out Ryan on Twitter at RyanBHQ, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod. I'm at BD Intrick. And until next time, this is Bubba and the Bloom, episode 102. Catch you all next time.
Thank you.